think last week we talked a bit, or last, some of our last sessions, we talked about political science and the uh, ways that they try to address international affairs and, and international politics. And there are um, serious uh, short, there's like this myopia that they have about a number of issues. There's sort of taboos in political science and IR against critiques of capitalism, imperialism, and state criminality. Okay. And so these, let's think of these as like three blind areas of, of political science in terms of like actual critique that is acceptable. But, you know, if, if cap, so this is problematic for, I mean, obvious reasons. But I would hope they're obvious by now if people have been watching this series and following this material, because, OK, ca the capitalism part. Well, I guess, you know, maybe capitalism isn't that important if capitalism isn't a dominant force in society. But even by political science's own rendering, you know, uh, like Gillens and Page using the really generic regression analyses, they show that, like, basically the general public has no influence on policy at all. Okay, and then I have some of my other colleagues when I was at Temple would say like, well, there's other studies that say maybe they do have a little bit of difference. So, okay, let's split the difference between like the, the general public having zero influence and the general public having a tiny amount of difference. Like they don't. And then who does? Well, corporate interest. Okay, so this is like capitalism is obviously something that is acting. We, on the one hand, have a normative preference. You know, what I mean? we, we, we like we like democracy and think it's good to be dem democratic, bad to be anti-democratic. But then we see that like the majority and, and majority rule and, and democratic governance doesn't really happen in our system because it's really corporate elites that have all of the power, even according to generic political science, which is more or less just proving statistically what C. Wright Mills was already arguing very persuasively back in the 50s, and it's just gotten worse. So this is like, this is a gimping yourself if you are a, a social scientist and you're thinking like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk about capitalism very much because that's, I'll get a, a, a spanking of sorts academically or I'll take some punishment for it. And then there's imperialism. If you're, if it's, if imperialism critiques, critiques of imperialism are also kind of frowned upon, well, that's going to matter to the extent that, you know, ours is an imperialist entity and it is so this is another thing where it's like what is the u.s doing in latin america what have these policies been well, it's very easy to argue that this is like just imperialism it's in the middle east and so on i mean basically u.s foreign policy since the end of world war ii is hegemony over the globe and and creating a system that generates enough wealth and power to sustain itself it's just imperialism right and we have all these ways of doing what parenti says which is uh extracting or um what's the word he uses uh is expropriating the land labor markets and resources of other peoples right this is how what the u.s is able to do in all around the world and that's just imperialism so this is actually if it's taboo to critique this thing and this thing this practice this general dynamic is the main thrust of u.s policy then like what are you really talking about and state criminality okay this is this is important. If there's a taboo against it, it's noteworthy to the extent that state criminality is something that exists. But as I document in this book, there are so many examples of state criminality that, that I couldn't even hope to uh, speak about more than a fraction of them. And even Marxists who are more like strictly structuralists like David Harvey, even he acknowledges in the new imperialism, he, he says, 
you know, yeah, the U.S. has really gone about building this empire in a really ruthless and murderous way that's truly despicable, and we probably don't even know the half of it. Okay, so this is like a huge, a huge thing. I mean, the U.S. is doing illegal, brazenly illegal things right now. The occupation of Syria, for example, is going on uh, totally against uh, international law, against the UN Charter, which the U.S. ratified. So this is these taboos are huge blind spots for. The United States, and it gets into the, the the conspiracy aspect of it. Especially is kind of the epitome of the failure of liberal sense making institutions. They don't. Uh, we, we can't address things like the Kennedy assassination or the RFK, you know, the Kennedy assassinations. Let's just say the MLK assassination, Malcolm X assassination the uh, relationship between the intelligence agencies and drugs, the relationship between the intelligence agencies and organized crime entities um, and terror networks, or all of these things are these huge areas that we can't get into because it's, you don't want to get that, you know, hegemonic spanking from the uh, people who run the discipline of, of political science. Right. And when you move from sort of the part to the whole, I think it gives you access to, Seeing the way, I, I mean, Peter Dale Scott, or something I've always wanted to say, friend of the pod, Peter Dale Scott, uh, has sort of responded to that overly uh, structuralist analysis by talking about that if you have a true understanding of deep events, he's specifically saying the Kennedy assassination, but you can choose any one of them. If you truly understand the way that it plays out, you have to have some sort of understanding of the network that has to come together in order to make it play out. And so what he says is it won't lead to a few bad people but to the institutional and parapolitical arrangements which constitute the way we are systemically governed. So I think there's a way from moving uh, from the individual to the universal, from the part to the whole here that helps you understand through a case study of one singular thing that you choose. You're not just putting together some conspiracy theory that takes you off down a rabbit hole. It makes you see the way that this is how it works every time, that, that in some way uh, there have to be people involved. There are very real turning points and inflection points in history and when those moments come, it matters that they exercise some control. They don't need to plan every single moment and every single economic decision. They just have to make sure that when it really matters, that when history maybe thins in its contingency, that you can get involved. And I, I think he gets at really well there how you can move from that very sort of narrow view to seeing the way that that tells you something more systemic. Yeah. And, and you know, it's pretty well known that the CIA has carried out who's in assassinations and all these kinds of things. But what's interesting is how that's not portrayed as a conspiracy, right? I mean, and of course, Aaron, you could talk about the fact that the CIA itself came up with this term conspiracy theory to discredit people criticizing its operations and specifically around the Warren Commission, which was chaired by Alan Dulles, founder, director of the CIA, which of course is just a coincidence, nothing, nothing to see there. But anyway, the point is that if you go back and look what the CIA has always done, at least its operations arm, aside from the intelligence side, which is not the majority of the CIA, most of what the CIA does is conspiracies in the interest of the U.S. ruling class, which, of course, is the capitalist class and in U.S. foreign policy, which derives from those class interests. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. 
subscribe, and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.